You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. So it's uh, all for play for still. I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Hello, everybody, and welcome to For the Love of Pomegranate Podcast, the post-match review, just a day late. Um of Aston Villa nil Chelsea two. Um I'm I'm just gonna say that I called it. I called that we would find some way to have a half decent performance, put in, you know, do something different, create a few chances, but but instantly, I suppose, uh incidentally coming away from the game at the end with our tail between our legs, still feeling as sour as we did at the start of the game, and uh ultimately kind of um doing it all for nothing. And that's essentially what happened. Could be the shortest ever post match, uh, post match review ever. But that's essentially what happened. Couldn't mm. score for Toffee. If we were still there, we probably wouldn't have scored. And uh, some woeful finishing. Yeah, Kepa kept a couple of them out, but some of the finishing was just woeful for those as well. And uh, yeah, Chelsea got their two simple goals, and we couldn't buy a goal. That was the way it was. <laughs> Paddy, over to you. <laughs> Is that it? We're done? <laughs> um, yeah, look, I think I think what you, the word you mentioned there was sour. You came away from it being sour. I didn't come away from the game itself being sour. The sourness comes from the fact that if we'd have played like this in our two previous games, we'd have won the two fucking games. And Absolutely. that's the problem. So why, why hold this in reserve to put that performance against Chelsea and play those tactics against Chelsea. When if we'd have done it against Leeds and just I'm really forgetting now who the one after that was. Forest. Uh, Forest, 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 yeah. We'd, we'd, we'd be six points better off. Oh, you have no doubt in my mind if we'd have played like that in those two games. So he saves it for fucking Chelsea, who we give the goal and then the referee gives them a goal, albeit... A brilliant finish, but absolutely gifted a goal. Um, and Which then one was a brilliant finish. Which one did you the free kick was excellent, albeit the, the referee getting I genuinely have no idea what Emmy Martinez was doing for that. He takes a step to his right and goes, Oh, I'm goosed. Ah, there's no way a goalkeeper should be letting that in. Anyway, sorry, that's just my view. Well, I, I watched an angle of it uh, about 10 minutes ago before coming on, mm. and the ball takes an unmerciful swerve in the air from what I can see. Not enough not enough to beat him. No. Um, 35 yards. It's 35 yards out from goal. No. But the referee has moved the wall back 12.5 yes. yards, which, mm. again, gifted. Gifted in the free kick, which was never a free kick. Gifted them the goal by giving them enough space to get the ball up and over the wall. And it should never have went in the way it went in. But it went in. And as you say, it makes absolutely no difference because if we'd have been there all night, we probably wouldn't have scored. Mm. But not sour with the performance. 
whatsoever. I'm absolutely not sour with the performance. Yeah. There's a couple of there's a couple of things in there that annoyed me, but the sourness comes from those past two games where we should have gone and got six points and we didn't because of the tactics. We were set out not to lose the game instead of try to win it. And then we go and try and beat Chelsea. I just I'm just at a loss to what's going on with our club. <laughs> I really am. We can't I can't <laughs> There's only so much I can say about it. You know, I'm I'm just bamboozled by the whole thing and yeah that's what I'm sour about I'm not sour about the game itself I thought I thought we looked like a coherent football team for long periods of the game but ultimately nothing at the end of it yeah and there's a couple of people talking about the links that have come from Percy and from Metlaw and stuff and we will get on to those if you guys haven't seen the the thumbnail for this um Let's just take a little <laughs> look at it there. Uh, where is it going to? I'll take the two of us off the screen. You can take. That's not going to play very well for the people who listen to it in the audio podcast <laughs> because there was about 10 minutes, 10 seconds of uh, of dead air there. But yes, we will, we, will, we will talk about that in a moment. We just want to kind of get the post-match review out, out of the way. So stay tuned. And if you haven't subscribed, subscribe to the channel. And like this and tell all your friends about it as well. Um, but uh, yeah, look, I, I, I got a bit, I, I got a bit excited there about the free kick. But um, and look, I know it does take a swerve, but no, 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 no. No, it absolutely shouldn't go in. I'm not, no. I'm not, I'm not saying it should go in. No. It, it absolutely takes a swerve. It shouldn't go in. That step completely put Emmy Martin out of sync. I don't know why he needs to take that step though, because like the ball was never going to that position. It's it's like anyway, anyway. Look, we won't dissect it too much. We were like, it's. I still don't think that's what killed us because I think our our opportunity to score another goal and to get back into the game was gone at that stage. Because my biggest my biggest gripe with the game at the weekend was, um, if Tyrone Mings takes another four, like if you were to cross a thousand balls into the into the into the box the way that you the way that ball was crossed in. If you were to re-simulate that a thousand times, he can't do that again. Mm. There's no way that you can move your head in that direction and for it to glance the way it did directly into Mason Mount's path. And look, people can pan him all they want, but like there's no way he meant to do that. It's uh that was just that was a freak error. And yeah, should he have done it? No. Was it an absolute uh blow to the system? One hundred percent. Then the free error obviously wasn't helped by the spin on the ball either. There's a lot of things at play. I I definitely not going to call him out on it because he has been absolutely immense this season. Absolutely. Unfortunately, um, he's he's the second last line of defence. He makes an error, it's a goal. Our last line of defence made an error, it's a goal. Yeah. I'm not calling him out either. It's just the look that we have at the moment. And I believe you create your own look and we're not creating anything at the moment. And that goes to show as well, when we look at the at the attacking impetus that we had, yeah, we got we created a bit a few more chances. Still couldn't finish anything. Some of the some of the shots that were taken were really poor. Um I'm I'm still like I'm still here looking and going, Yeah, Danny Ings might have been might have been stretching for the header or whatever, but like there's there's what how how wide is a goal? The same with Leon Bailey. Yeah, oh, yeah. he's stretching for a header at the back post. But the 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 one that kind of gets me is the screwball scramble that happened. Um, and I know ultimately it was called offside because Ings was Ings was offside when the ball comes back to him. But how how players aren't like, and I know it's tough in the moment. We've all played the game. We've all just tried to put our laces through it and hope for the best at times. But you know the ball comes to people there at least three times, and 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 everyone is just too busy hoping the, the net bulges as opposed to um trying to do something with it to make it bulge. And I know it's look, I know everyone's going to go, oh, what are you supposed to do in the moment? It's split second reactions, and I hundred uh, percent understand that. But what I loved about that was when the ball comes back to Douglas Louise, and I don't notice it get lost in the in the moment. Watch what Douglas Louise does when the ball comes back to him. What a turn at the edge of the box. What a little flick and turn at the edge of the box to make tons of space. And the thing that kind of annoys me about that is if Philippe Coutinho could do that, if he still had that left in his body, or maybe he does, we just don't see it enough. If he still had that and he takes a shot like that, you'd be more inclined to think it would go in the back of the net. Now, Douglas Louise doesn't miss by much, but he misses the target and doesn't work the goalkeeper. And I suppose them, them are the fine margins that when the ball drops to Mason Mount, he finishes the ball, no problem. 
our guys just can't finish no matter who it is at the at the moment and that's that's frustrating you know Leon Bailey hits the hits the crossbar Leon Bailey has a I thought Leon Bailey had a pretty good game from an attacking point of view but all our good efforts came in the first half the second half yeah. we were out coached and we were out coached because of the changes Potter made we brought on Coutinho Bundia and Dendonker same similar three substitutions we've made in the last couple of games and look it's it stifled our progression, and Chelsea were able to to comfortably see out the game then afterwards. And that's the frustrating frustrating part for me is that um, we've had two errors. There is a bit of a blame game that goes on there on social media from time to time. That's fine. That blows over after after twenty four hours or whatever. But in the cold light of day, <coughs> we missed our chance to score a goal. And after we missed that chance, we were very much the second second uh, second best team in that second half but we were the second best team because we could not react to the changes that Chelsea made. And beforehand, I know, I know I'm know i speaking an awful lot here, Paddy, but beforehand, I did make the the um, the case that, look, Chelsea's bench was way stronger than ours, and that's where you need to get to. And they just had, you know, top player after top player after top player on their bench. And we didn't have that. But I still think that, you know, if a team is going to be well-drilled, when they make changes, and specifically two changes to their backline and bringing on Koulibaly and, and Azpilicueta, two people who I thought would start in the first place, we should still be able to exploit that as opposed to just completely blows us out of the water. And we, we never looked like we could change pace after that. Strange. No. Um, I have an issue with the substitutions, <laughs> our own substitutions. Yeah, so do I, and yeah. I'm going to ask you a question first. Uh, Explain to me the new rules between the between making the five substitutions. They have to be made in in three substitution windows. Am I right? That's that's what I was. I I don't know a pile about them, but you like or, if you make one one one, you can't make you can't one, make one, any one, more. One, one. Yeah, yeah. Or you can make your substitutions at half time. Yeah, and yeah. make them one one one. So why, if he knew in his heart and soul that he's bringing on Coutinho? And Buendia, yeah, does he wait the seven or eight minutes? Why it just doesn't make any sense. This is just the in game decision making that I've been criticizing all along. So we made the two decisions, then I've gone, We've got one more now, and then we bring yeah. on Den Donker, and we're looking at whatever 12 14 minutes plus stoppage time. That if anyone goes down, we can't bring anyone on. These we have to we have to manipulate the, the way these rules work in order to help us. So there should have been that extra... Look, that's just me being picky here now. But I just... Yeah, but I, think, I, I, I think you're right, Paddy, because, like, it, it just it just goes to show that he doesn't trust some of the players he has in the bench and he feel, has to fill the bench. You know, like, you've mm. got Sanson and Nakamba there, like, you know, I'm not saying that either... And, and I still don't believe either of those two players come on and turn any game in its head. They just don't. They never have. They, they haven't got many chances since Steven Gerrard came in. Nakamba was a world beater for three or four games when he came in. But, like, if you're going to be relying on Nakamba to change the course of a game, I, I, I don't know what footballing tactic you're going to have to change it to at that end. Maybe Sanson does it, but, look, I think the baby's up oh, with that water like, there with Sanson. We make, we make our last decision on 77, 78 minutes. That's, yeah, that's what I mean, and yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden... We pick up a nasty injury and someone's down. We're down to ten men, despite the fact that we've five substitutions. There's no, yeah, and there, there's absolutely no reason why Coutinho and Buendia couldn't come on at the same time. Like, you know, if you're yeah. going to change it, change it. Don't it just, repeat the change. All it yeah. does is stifle, stifle the the game plan further mm. along the line. That's my well, view. All, no, there, there might be another. All reason. it does for me is tell me that he was never going to bring on anyone else. Yeah. Or, or. He didn't realise the rules himself. I just thought that was a really strange decision. The, the, and, there's another, and apparently, it's not the first time he did it. He, ma he made one last week within four minutes of each other as well, I believe. I haven't had a chance to go back and check it. Yeah. Somebody, somebody did say that today. There was a point as well. There was, there was a, Look, I know. I shouldn't do it to myself. There was, a, there was a strange... There was a strange comment made after the game again, Paddy. But Leon Bailey... The, the coaching staff said, we can either, he said, what was it, the physios or someone said to him, you can either play him for 30 minutes or 60 minutes. And we said we'd play him for 60 minutes. And I'm kind of going, you're making no sense. You're making no sense. Like, that makes no yeah. sense, man. You know? Uh, what, uh, 
I do I, I like just stuff like that. But I and if that's gonna if there's gonna be things like that that are gonna be gonna take into account making a substitution, two substitutions in four minutes. And as you say, mm. that doesn't give us an opportunity to maybe, you know, bring on somebody else if we do have an injury or whatever. I just double checked that while you were talking there, right? So last week he brought on Den Donker for John McGinn on seventy seven minutes. Yeah. Right? I was just going then to check it out there. And I'm fi- I was feeling to try and check myself. <laughs> <laughs> then he brought on Cameron Archer for Jacob Ramsey. Now, bear in mind that that was, that was four minutes later he brought on Cameron Archer for Jacob Ramsey. He had already brought on a substitute after 65 minutes. So on 81 minutes, play devil's advocate, we score a goal just after that substitute is made. If those two are made together... And we go two one up. There's an opportunity to shore up the midfield by bringing on another substitute. Seem to have lost Neil. Um, I don't know whether he can hear me or not, or I don't know whether you can hear me or not. But it just seemed like a really strange decision that we could make those two substitutes together, and then we could uh, bring on someone else to shore up the midfield, be it Nakamba or be a Sanson. So, anyway, that's me playing devil's advocate talking about. Uh, what's happened in the past but uh let me know in the comments there if you can hear me and maybe i'll go through a couple of the comments while we've lost neil um so let me see if any questions in here good man neil for leaving me all on my own again um let me see what have we got here? Okay, so Scotty says, players played safe instead of paying the extra 25% needed. I, yeah, Neil has lost connection. He'll be back in a minute. It says, players played still played safe. I don't think they did play safe. I thought we played a lot more expansive football than we have done in the last few weeks. And that's the point I was trying to make earlier on. Um, I thought we were better. Um, I thought we used the ball better. I thought we attacked better. Where, where, where we were beaters, no, we couldn't score. If we discard the chances that we created, we'd be looking at a completely different conversation today. It's just the, just the problem that I have is that we did not do that in the last few weeks, which is very annoying when we were playing against a lesser, um, lesser opposition. Um, so Nathan Stokes says, I've never in the 30, never in 30 years been so disconnected with the club as I am now. And I'm reading a lot of this, Nathan, and I don't know whether it's just people repeating it or not, and I'm not saying that's what you're doing. Um, I'm quite disconnected myself. Um, I'm due to go this weekend. Only I'm bringing my son as a treat. I think I'll cancel. And I, ho- I know that's a horrible statement to make, and I should feel a whole lot more privileged to go and see Aston Villa because that's, you know the most important thing of the least important things in my life. So to to be as disconnected as I am to go recording a podcast is nearly a chore because you're just saying the same things. And I worry that you guys are listening back and going, God, he's just saying the same, he's regurgitating the same story. I do feel disconnected. The idea of a match being on at two o'clock on a Sunday and doing a day trip and having to get up at three o'clock in the morning, drive to Dublin, get on a flight not get home till one or two o'clock the next morning. That doesn't appeal to me right now with what I'm watching. It is really, really hard to justify it to myself. And look, I'll do it anyway because I've bought and paid for the flights, albeit flights when you do it the right way. Flights are not that expensive. And it's it's great to be able to do it, but I'm just, the, the, the will to do it is not in me. Um, obviously, things could turn around on Thursday night and I could feel a whole lot better about how things are. But can I see that coming? I prob- I, I don't know. I, I I worry about going to Wolves on Thursday night and we, we'll probably do a, a preview of that maybe on Wednesday and we'll, uh, we'll... Anyone else lost connection? Can you guys tell me if you're all still there? Someone asking if they've lost connection? No? Okay. I'll continue on until I'm told otherwise. It says there's over 200 people in here. Um, thanks so much, Adam. Uh, we played better, but that's taking a 1 out of 10 to a 3 out of 10. 
bit harsh, bit harsh. One out of ten to three out of ten, probably a bit harsh. I thought we were a lot better than that, especially in the first half. Hundred percent in the first half, I was. Uh, I thought we were a much better side, and that and that's what's sticking in my my uh, my neck that we, we we couldn't do this against the lesser teams because I think we definitely would have gone on and beaten Leeds and beaten um and beaten Notts Forest as well. There was one there now. Uh, Ronan, glad to hear you're going to Villa Park again on Sunday. Um, you buy me a point. Not if I have to drive back to Limerick, but maybe I'll get the bus because I might need points to to numb the pain. Hopefully, it won't come to that, but uh, we we'll try and go and enjoy the day as best we can. Look, the most the, the most important thing for me is that this this is our release. This is what makes us happy, and when when I go on a trip to to Villa Park, I get to see all my old mates and. Uh, there's nothing better to just sit there and shoot the breeze and see how they are and talk to people and, and make sure everybody's in good health and good fettle. And, uh, Neil, you got to do your ant and deck thing there because I can't cope with this either. Grand job. No problem. There we go. There we go. Round on the page again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So while you were gone, we were just out, out, somebody was talking about a disconnect and I, I just said that I'm booked to go over this weekend and I'm really not feeling it. And if I wasn't bringing my son, I probably would knock it on the head. The thoughts of getting up at three o'clock in the morning to drive to Dublin to get a flight, to come back, getting into bed at 12 or 1 o'clock and getting up for work on Monday, it does not exactly appeal to me at the mm. moment. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, guys. I uh, don't know what happened. My potato-powered internet's uh, struck again. It's been a long time since that happened. Just last connection. But I'm back, so don't worry about it. Um, and I must admit, Paddy, for about five minutes before my internet went, I was only getting like every fifth or sixth word you were saying anyway. So it was a harbinger of what was to come, I think. Um, but it, it, sounded, it sounded great and cogent to me anyway. So it was fantastic. It just sounded absolutely beautiful <laughs> to everybody else who was listening. Um, Scotty, you, Scotty UK, thank you so much for that. Really appreciate it. There's a point for you, Paddy. Uh, Cheers, Scotty. When you get over there. Um, uh, Rob Henry's mention says here. I don't know if you if if you mentioned this one. Was it Robert's? Was it Potter's changes that did it? Um, I think that and the fact that we were probably out of ideas at that stage. You know, I think I I, I think I genuinely think that the confidence of this team is on the floor. And when you have that screwball scramble moment, even though it was flagged as offside, or when Kepa basically was stopping marbles inside goals, you know, mm. I think I think the team thought, what the hell have we to do? And Chelsea all probably went into the dressing room as well and went, you know what, we got away with one or two there in that half. We just need to be a bit better. And, you know, there's there's a there's a gulf in confidence. And there's a gulf, I suppose, in mentality at the moment between the two teams. And yeah. uh, when it's been nearly drummed at you how bad you are at, at scoring goals and then you feel like, oh, our luck is out today, you know, it just compounds everything. And I know the professional footballers and that shouldn't happen, but they're humans as well at the same time. So it does and it happens to everybody. I Neil, I've been, I've been waiting on you to come back because I've, I've this topic sitting on the tip of my tongue all day waiting to discuss this with you. So I want you to cast your mind back to uh, playing Arsenal. Um, I have a feeling it was my birthday in in March. The, the, uh, it we, was. It was bank. It was it was Paddy's weekend because yeah. I christened we christened the child the same day, and we christened and, I, I, and I went to Ireland versus Scotland in the Six Nations yeah. that afternoon. It was an early kickoff. Um, yo, Mister Tyrone Mings slides in, full stretch, makes oh, yes. a pass, makes a pass. The ball goes out to the sideline and we're on the attack. And the referee pulls the game back and gives a yellow card. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. And, and people, people were talking about him getting sent off. There is people in the studio, apoplectic with rage, looking for a red card for Tyrone Mings. The same clowns think it was perfectly okay for Mason Mount to be five minutes late taking Jacob Ramsey out. Chilwell. And 
Oh, sorry, Chilwell. And apparently it was a harsh yellow. A harsh fucking yellow. What what hope have PGMOL of getting this right if we can't have these people in the studio being impartial? Mm, it's an absolute true. joke. A joke. That is true. I don't understand. You, you, you can't have impartial people in the studio because you have the same heads, the same idiots, the same absolute clowns spouting the same absolute shite week after week. If that wasn't a red card, I don't know what is. I, 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 like, it was miles late. His studs were up. He was out of control. All of these things we were fed back in the day when it, when it was right to say it because they knew that all of those greedy six will be, will be on the receiving end of these challenges. Now when it's the other way around, it's not even spoken about. So, how justify to me how those people were looking for a red card for Tyrone Mings for kicking the ball and a harsh yellow for Ben Chilwell for being five hours late and, yeah, catching, yeah. and catching Jacob Ramsey because I, I lost the plot when I heard that yesterday. It was the only time I got annoyed yesterday. I was absolutely raging at the rhetoric coming off Sky Sports. They should be ashamed of themselves. I think I watched the same feed as Mike Warmbold because I, yeah, what I was watching as well, there was American commentary completely street legal street legal and everything but um that's what i was watching and uh, yeah they were convinced it was going to be red as well and so was i and then uh, when it wasn't i was like i was aghast that but anyway i don't look i don't know i don't know would it even change the game um but regardless of whether it, oh, no, it wouldn't no it wouldn't have, but it's it, if right is right the rules are rules and if right if people right. don't speak about this yeah pgmol are never going to change they're always going to favor the big guy and not give a shit about the likes of Aston Villa. They have to be called out on it. There's, yeah. there's bigger platforms than us that will call them out on it. I hope. Yeah. But the, 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 the likes of those people, and they know who they are, need to have a long, hard look at themselves. The same people didn't even bother giving us the manager's uh, uh, views after the game because they were so much in a hurry to get into the biggest game of the year, which was coming up afterwards. That was, and, that was bad form, you know, like that's yeah. bad form because if a manager turns around and says, I don't want to do a post-match press conference, they get fined, yeah. you know? So yeah. like then the, the, the courtesy has to be extended both ways, I think in that instance. Mm. And plus, and the know, bottom line is they, they have decided to play us at two o'clock on a Saturday, a on Sunday, a Sunday. Yeah. When they had a choice of three other games, was it three other games at two o'clock? Yeah. yeah. That two, they could have shown right. But they discommoded us and Chelsea with no need to discommode us. That's another game that I missed out on on my season ticket because of Sky Sports. Mm. Now I'm just raging because they, they don't even give you the kind of coverage you deserve. Like, if they're going to do that, why not go switch over to Sky Sports Premier League where we'll continue the discussion on this game? But no, they just want to go straight into the one that all the masses are waiting on, all the glory hunters are waiting on. So let's give them what they want. And it was, and the same, the same. Shit my, and, the, game. The, the thing is, Paddy, your thirty quid and my thirty quid a month. I know, obviously, I, I couldn't watch it. I wasn't at home, couldn't watch it. But um, yeah, I on Sky. But my thirty quid's worth as much as a Man City fans or Liverpool fans, like. Of course, they are. Or is it? That's the question for Sky. The, the, it is. To, it is to me and you. But at the end of the day. There's more of them, and that's who they're playing to, and that's that's the way TV coverage works. Ah, they all have dodgy boxes anyway. That the Liverpool <laughs> and the Man City fans, they all have dodgy boxes. The shining, the one shining light from yesterday was that I had the comfort of turning off the pile of shite that was Liverpool and Man City, and turning on a proper game of football. As my beloved Shelbourne FC got to the to FAI Cup Final, which for those in the UK, it's the equivalent of the FA Cup Final uh, here. So in three weeks' time, I have the pleasure of going to the Aviva Stadium to see Shelbourne for the first time ever in the Aviva Stadium because I missed. I was away for the last one watching Villa. So the last time we were in the final was 2011. So 11 years on, we get to go and watch uh, Shelbourne in the Cup Final with my son. So I'm happy Shelburne are managed by Damien Duff. They well. are. And he's doing great stuff. And he's yeah. like, it's it's really, 
it's really cool what he's done. He's gone back right down to, to grassroots level here in Ireland and he's working his way up through the Irish League and uh, he's actually fairly well thought of as a coach and, you know, this would be great for his CV because he's he's just, he's a good guy too as well, yeah. Damien Duff. One of the, one of the lesser can, heralded good guys of football. I can give you another name of a man who should probably go and do something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or should have done it. Yeah, should have done it. Uh, anyway, Paddy, talking about that and talking about managers of other teams and maybe managers that aren't with other teams as well, uh, you guys have uh, said it previously that there was a... Um, oh, where's it gone to? <coughs> I had it all lined up and everything ready to go and I don't have it anymore, but let me just see if I can get it. I think I lost just, it. Uh, I'll answer Connell's question while you're there. How did Treaty do, lad? Treaty were beaten by Derry City, so... It won't exactly be an easy path to uh, mm. to uh, silverware. Two, two of us would have been going to Viva if Treaty United were playing against Shelburne. There you go. Treaty United, <laughs> were formerly Limerick FC, formerly Limerick 27, formerly uh, about 95 other different <laughs> names as well. But uh, that would have been good. I definitely would have gone to that gone to that game um, if Treaty United had got there because that's another success story with another really good footballing coach and footballing man in Tommy Barrett as well. Like they've, yeah. Treaty United having a pot to piss in. Like, and they're, uh, they're, nearly they're got the playoffs. There. They're in the playoffs for the, to get up to the Premier League is when they nearly got to the to the league to the final of the FA Cup. Yeah, FA Cup one, so. Danny reckons it was Andy Townsend on US commentary. I it didn't was. hear any of it, so yeah. could possibly have been. Um, anyway, bit of love there from Michael Huggins. Thank you so much, Michael. Just a shout out. Love you, love you both, you guys, and a great podcast. Man, Thanks so much. Appreciate it. Good man, and I hope the recent events of uh, of, of the last few weeks haven't soured Malachi. Uh, and Malachi, uh, your your nephew's um, love for Aston Villa or his celebrity status, because uh, I remember you saying that he had uh, that that he really enjoyed his trip and that uh, people were loving him getting a mention on the podcast when he went back home as well. So <laughs> it's uh, Michael's Michael's nephew. I've got. Oh, right, he's very good. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, keep and everybody keep your kids supporting Villa. You just have to do it. You have to do it. Um, and a shout out to a lot of people asked, sent me emails and, and tweets over the last few days. Um, a young girl, age, age 11, went to the game for, for the first time and used my season tickets. And her father was over the moon because uh, his daughter is now a fully fledged Villa fan. So our podcast, if nothing else, has created at least one new Villa fan and she was at the match yesterday and really enjoyed it so happy days exactly happy days indeed yeah and that's fantastic and thanks so much for doing that Paddy you know as I said that will make that will make that 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 will girl into, into Aston Villa fan hopefully uh, and you know what it, it's it's something it's something I might do in the future if if the tickets aren't being used if if somebody out there wants to nominate somebody or Tell me something if they're if they're ever the, the ironic thing is the only two times the, t- the tickets weren't used this year is Chelsea and Manchester City. <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely bonkers that two, people two people have got people have gotten their head that, that there was no point in going to that game. But um, as I said, if, if if there's anyone out there that you you want to nominate to go and watch a game that I'm not going to, absolutely the tickets are there. Um, yeah. You're more than welcome. That's fantastic, Paddy. It really is. We're going to wrap it up in a moment, guys, but we will spend some time talking about what we said we would talk about there as well, and that Aston Villa are prepared to move heaven and earth to try and convince Mauricio Pochettino. That's by uh, Matt Law in, um, in the Telegraph. Telegraph. Telegraph, yeah, at the moment. So, um, Paddy, talk to me about that, you know, because obviously he's he's put out names like uh, Tuchel and, um, and Una Emery there as well. Uh, that they're mm. keeping tabs on those guys, like for 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 me, it's 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 no surprise that names are beginning to drop. I'm I'm, I'm happy with the caliber names that are beginning to drop. It'd be fantastic because, like, uh, you know, Wolves are, are are scuttling around with Rob Edwards now, who is a coach, a football coach, and they're going back to Nuno Espirito Santo as well. And look, all those things may work, work out for Wolves. I'm not denigrating them, but for once, Aston Villa are being linked with top top name managers who 
who've gone away and won things in European football and have shown that yeah. they can be coaches and turn clubs around. So for me, that's exciting. But then again, look, we're Aston Villa. We get our hopes up and then we always get kicked from the balls every so often. So talk to mm. me about it. Like the name Mauricio Pochettino isn't the first time that the Telegraph have floated his name around. And that, to me, like, they usually don't go out on a limb if there isn't at least some kernel of truth to it. But what do you think, Paddy? Well, the, the truth is there's a man still in the job. So, you know, where, where, do, you, where do you pull that from? Is, is, is there something been leaked from the club that something is going to happen further down the line? Who knows? Um, you're right in saying there's a, a, the calibre of name is fantastic to be linked with, you know, Emery, who I really like, Poch, or, uh, Thomas Tuchel to a lesser extent. He would be the third choice of those three for me. Um, there's also one name that hasn't been mentioned. My old mate Andre Villas Boas is out there with with no job. And he still, and he still has his number. We'll get him on the podcast. <laughs> um, so he, like, th- th- there's there's a there's very little else out there, is what I'm saying. Though, like, you're in uh, Pochettino who has no job. You know Emery who has a job, and Tuchel has no job, and Villas Boas. So. Th- th- I think realistically, of those, if Pochettino wasn't to come, uh, I would definitely go and look for Emery. But the job he's done, I, th- I think he's worth another pop at the Premier League. Yeah, look, I suppose biggest thing here with this is, and you mentioned there's still a man in the job. There is no way that this club, even, look, and I know sacking Gerrard would get a lot of fans uh, excited, but there's no way that this club want to be seen. Want, they don't want to sack him now and then be in panic mode when everybody knows they're looking for a, t- a manager just like they got rid of Dean Smith and then Gerard was announced pretty sharpishly afterwards the talks were that they were talking to Gerard for a week or two beforehand it's not going to be easy to get Pochettino he's going to need convincing like for anybody here who thinks well if Pochettino doesn't want the job he can go fuck him lads it's <laughs> we're not exactly a Rolls Royce at the moment there's going to be conversations. There's going to be lots of negotiation. There's going to be lots of talking that would need to be done here on this one. So I, I and I know. Look, I if if Patch was to come, I would love would have loved for it to have happened four weeks ago. But I think these conversations need need to happen specifically with somebody of that ilk and that stature, and um, because he could literally pick clubs. And I think I think he actually wanted to force Aston Villa's hand with the Nice uh, conversation that happened about three or four weeks ago when they were talking about potentially he was going to go to Nice and then it was poo pooed almost immediately. Look, I'm not saying that it is going to happen, but I can understand why it would take a, ma- a long period of time. And Is that a good enough reason to keep Jared in the role? I think it probably is because this club likes to work in the, in the shadows. Mm-hmm. And if you sack your manager, then it just goes into overdrive and then other clubs yeah. might force their hands. So it would Villa be... will play this one close to their chest, I think. And, it and would be they have stupid. to get it right. They know they have to get it right. It would be stupid of us not to think that the club are looking at alternatives in the in the precarious position we're in. I, I think he's only I think he's only one defeat away from 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 losing his job. I think if we lose to Fulham, even if we beat Fulham and lose at the weekend to Brentford, I think he's gone. I just don't see any way back. Yeah, yeah. I um, albeit, I think if we play like we did against Chelsea, we go and beat those two teams, and we're having a different conversation next Tuesday. And he's the cat that's got nine lives. Uh, <laughs> So look, we don't know what's happening here. Um, I think you know Emery is a better fit for the job. I think he's a guy who will come in with an awful lot of heart and an awful lot of spirit for the job that's at hand. He needs to take a team that's languishing just outside the 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 relegation zone and take it to where it belongs. You know, n- not even where we think it belongs, where the owners want it to belong by the end of this season. And that's in the top half. We need to be, and I worry that Pochettino doesn't have the fight to take a club of like you know, I I I I've nothing to base it on. I just I just think he he's looking for a club that's just dropped outside the Champions League places that needs a little bit of a push, whereas I think Unai Emery might have a little bit more fight in him. Mm. That's just my tuppence worth on it. So there's two questions here, and I suppose we'll answer both of them at the same time. And one is, Kieran asks, do you guys want him gone? And then the follow-up question, I think, is that is if we win the two, do Villa stick with Gerrard? I'm at the stage where I want, I, I, I cannot see a way back for Steven Gerrard. Um, I'm not, like, I li- listening to the Claret and Blue podcast recently, 
Um, and I think this is okay to say because this is my opinion. That uh, and listening to Matt Kenrick, Kendrick, like I don't think that, that he is, unless we go and win the FA Cup and finish in top six, I don't think that there's going to be a fan that this fan base is going to take to him. I don't think so. I think I think I think some of his demeanor is irre- irreparable at the moment with the fan base. Um, you know, a lot of the away fans and the home fans say he doesn't come, doesn't clap them, doesn't do anything, doesn't show them anything other than talk about them. Now, now it's talking about fans and in interviews. I've got to be in my bonnet over the interviews because he's an absolutely horrendous communicator in, in from a PR point of view. Horrendous for me. Yeah. I if I was if I was Perslow, if I was if I was the owners that were there, I would have set a taped him to the chair and given him some dressing down and shown him a PowerPoint presentation with clips of every time he's took taken his shoe off and shoved it in his mouth. Because for me, he is the person that the media are looking to because he is the aura within the club because of what his stature was as a player. And if he's going to consistently denigrate things, if he's going to consistently deflect blame, if he's going to give out mixed messaging and mixed signals, that's a big problem for me. So from my point of view, do I want him gone? I do. I I I I think he has to. I, I think it's a case whereby he's 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 sleep not sleepwalking, but he's he's stumbling from side to side at the moment. And no, unless there's a massive turnaround and we go on some winning streak, I just don't think he's going to win enough fans back to be able to be um, a serious contender to stay here to have longevity at the club. And sometimes that lame duck is is is, um, is worse, you know, to just keep keep limping on with that. Mm. Just. Not working out for him, and I, and I've wanted to. Give, I've I've given him a lot of time, and as I say, it's it was the, I think it was the Leeds game where we two of us had the meltdown. I kind of went, I can't. I I just I I just I'm not seeing green shoots. No, and I, I had a lot of messages after Forrest to say, God, you were very calm considering what happened the week before. Look, to answer both questions, um, do I want him gone? Yes, I I never wanted him in the first place. I think you can <laughs> confirm that from day one. Yeah, um, yeah, I've said it so many times. I I I have lost complete faith in him, and I gave him a chance. He's there nearly a year. It'll be a year now in a He's couple there of a weeks. Year. It's 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 a year this week. I think. Is it? I'm almost certain. You sure. You talk, and I'll figure. I'll find it out. I thought it was November. Now I could be wrong. So uh, the answer that the answer to Kieran's question is yes. I I want them gone at this stage. Um, to the other question, if he wins the next two games, does it matter? I don't think so. Because I think shortly after that, you're looking. We we've got to play Man United twice and Brighton. I think I think we could be on a hiding to nothing with with both the, with, with those three fixtures as well, and then we go into the World Cup break. the The question is. Do we have somebody lined up? That that's my question at the moment. If there's oh, yeah. somebody, if there's somebody lined up, I could see us win both the games of the weekend, and that person come in straight after, and we might get a new manager bounce of a couple of wins before the World Cup, which would be just what we need, and just take us that little bit out. There's no point in changing the manager after <coughs> the World Cup. Yeah, and there's there's and there's no point changing. I I don't think they get rid of Stephen Gerrard unless they can. Because remember this, they have to win the new cycle with getting rid of Stephen Gerrard and his and and his reputation and his brand. They have yeah. to win that new cycle. Remember this, guys. It's a PR game at the best of times. So, and I know people don't want to hear this, but it's the actual truth of it. I think it's the truth of it. Uh, but like, so if they get what, rid of Gerrard, they ha- they can't have a four weeks st- search for a manager because they mm. will get panned no matter what the results are. There will get absolutely destroyed in the media because every single person yeah. will be lining up to say you didn't give him enough chance. If they get rid of Steven Gerrard and announce Mauricio Pochettino or uh, Una Emery or Thomas Tuchel, Tuchel or whatever, however you pronounce it, if they announce that hot in the heels 48 hours, 24 hours afterwards, then they win the news cycle. And the, the, you see, they can't dig in on Villa then because I think even the blindest faith people of Steven Gerrard will have to admit that they're three better managers with better CVs and they're an upgrade on 99 point uh, and about 90% of the managers that are managing in the Premier League at the moment so Aston Villa have to be really careful with this and it cannot be a protracted search it has to be bang bang and then out and do something then so my my ideal scenario is we we go out and we beat Fulham we beat Brentford and then like a bolt out of the blue on Monday morning, Stephen Gerrard sacked, new manager in. 
let's go again. Let's get a few points on the board before the World Cup and let him have a little mini preseason with whoever's left behind. There was a comment there. I'm not sure I can find it now. Uh, this one. This got me. Yeah. They should be coming to Villa Park and wipe the floor with us. Should they? Should any team be coming to Villa Park to wipe the floor with us? That's the defeatist mentality that costs you your job. I'm sorry. There hasn't if if this had been if this had been Graham Potter or um What did Scott Parker say to get the sack? It was yeah. akin to this, except he criticised mm. the, the the board wouldn't give him like what are you, what are we supposed to do? You know when we weren't given the given the money, it was essentially the same thing. Except Stephen Gerrard bit his tongue before he mm. and didn't go on. For me, I, I I think everybody can admit that that wasn't good enough. And this is what I'm talking about. One of the biggest reasons I I I you know obviously tactics and I, I would yeah. I would be willing to suck it up for three or four games and to see if we could could coach our way out of this. I'd, I'd almost be willing to do that if it wasn't, if every press conference, there wasn't a soundbite where I'm literally trying to put Frank's red sauce into my into my eyes and ears so I don't have to watch it or hear it because it's just so unprepared and it's it's a, it's an ill-disciplined. Most of the interviews at this stage, specifically after match, are almost bordering on ill-disciplined. And mm. I, just, I just have enough of it, I'm sorry. And I know that I can't sit here. Like sometimes you like I I'll apologize for a week straight if I feel I've gone too hard or if I've gone too mad on a po- on a podcast. And I get DMs and I get messages from people saying, "Neil, you don't need to apologize. What are you apologizing?" But sometimes I actually feel genuinely bad about it. If I make a if I if I'm doing a statistics podcast and 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 I start spouting off and I realize halfway through it the statistics are are wrong, I'm like, "Oh no, this is awful," you know. So it kind of really annoys me when someone goes out like that and talks po- and speaks poorly and does it and just doesn't care because like we've yeah. gone from a manager who cared about our club and really cared about our club and basically used to go and sit beside his father who had dementia and who didn't didn't know that he was even the manager of Aston Villa used to sit beside him and recant the results to him and talk to him and love him and love it and love everything that his father brought with him and made him an Aston Villa supporter all through his life and we've gone from that to somebody who's saying. We should get the we should get the floor wiped. We should be they should wipe the floor with us. It's yeah. a dichotomy that I'm not prepared to accept at this moment. Time. And, and, and while I'm not expe- accepting every sorry, Paddy, I'm on a roll. While I'm not ex- ex- <laughs> expecting every not single manager to come here to be an Aston Villa fan, I certainly don't want any manager to come here and and show that 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 borderline like it like it's a disrespectful. I thought it was a disrespectful thing to say again, mm. you know, and 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 taken out of context maybe. I, like Matt Kendrick, I listened to two or three minutes before and two or three minutes after. I still got the vibe of, well, listen, you know, I shouldn't be judging in this Chelsea game, so don't talk about trying to sack me. And then he comes out with the boo boys from the whole end again. And I just think it's it's just the grating. It's the it, it, it's grating in the interviews that's, that's now beginning to happen. And I'm not here for that, specifically when the results aren't on the field. I'm finished. The, the, one, the one telling moment of the last few weeks where, where I felt he was a dead man walking was when our uh, academy were playing in the Papa John's Trophy. Um, was it Portsmouth they played? Yes, it uh, yeah. It was... And, and I, I'm, I'm watching that game on my Villa TV, on my iPad, and I've got Liverpool and Rangers on the big screen, only because that's the only way I can watch it is on my iPad for some reason. And there's Steven Gerrard sitting in the crowd at Anfield. Now, I'm sorry, you're the manager of that club. That, that to me, tells the 11 or 15 players, whoever was involved in, in that Papa John's trophy, that I actually don't give a shit what you do. If you want to go out and play Portsmouth, you go and play Portsmouth. I'll watch a video afterwards. That was wrong. I thought that was so wrong. I was bitterly disappointed to see that. It actually... So, if I was that deflated, I could only imagine how those players are fe- felt afterwards. They got a spanking, so be it. It also appears that under his leadership, our academy and under-18s aren't performing to what they were over the last few years either under Dean Smith. So, a lot of things at play here. That really, it really did great on me when I saw that. I thought... What what are you doing? Are you are you, are you at Liverpool and Rangers because you're going to buy one of their players in January? No, no, absolutely not. 
he was he was there to be getting the pats on the back and and the selfies with all the fans and for the camera to be on him and it just annoyed the shit out of me. Yeah, um, yeah. Look, uh, we'll we'll work ourselves up into a ladder here and the boys. From, well, I'm, uh, I'm actually going. I'm going beyond. I'm going beyond getting annoyed. Well, That's I the will. Thing. I will. Yeah, and I, I, uh, like, I will. Yeah, so. I'm. Uh, I, I'm gone beyond it now at this stage. And look. Yeah. As, as you say so many times, we can be as fickle as we like. If we go and win the two games at the weekend and he's still in charge, I'll still back the team. Oh, 100%. So if he, I, wins, uh, he wins those two games and then goes and beats Man United twice and beats beats Brighton going into the World Cup, it's a turnaround. But he I'm hasn't given to, any that, indication that that's going to happen. That's exactly it, Paddy. I'm willing to give anyone a chance as long as there's some indication that, that it will happen. But we're what? We're... Two wins out of the last eighteen, mm. and on that, no, and on that, as Jerry Claxton would say, and on that bombshell, back to the <laughs> studio. Um, <laughs> no, listen, look, I suppose, guys, yeah, with regards to that, look, there it will be a talking point over the next next few weeks when we are discussing games and we are just doing team sheet tantrums and whatever. We will obviously be discussing what we think is going to happen in the game. So we're going to kind of curtail our Stephen Gerrard in, Stephen Gerrard out. Who you know that kind of conversation for a specific podcast because we're just. I, I feel that sometimes I'm at risk of letting it over overrun all of the no, podcast. And the question I keep being asked is, would you would you take a defeat? If it meant getting rid of him, no, no, no. I wouldn't. Want to, I want us to win every game. We, yeah. we, we're, we're not safe in this division. We're, yeah. one bad, we're one bad decision of bringing yeah. in a new manager from being relegated again. So, yeah. no, get behind the team. If you want to boo after the game or sing, We want Jared out, fine. I'm absolutely fine with that. After the game, if we've been beaten. But yeah. look, there's, t- there's only two teams in that division that we've beaten. Isn't that correct? Yeah. In, and and the other two teams we've beaten were relegated. So the record speaks for itself. He's done nothing. He's done nothing to make us think he's the right man for the job. So we as you say, we'll move on. We we'll probably be back on, on Thursday to talk about or Wednesday to talk about Thursday or whatever way yeah. we find the we time might, to do yeah. so they're ticking fast is right. Yeah, 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 they are ticking fast. And on that note, guys, I'm gonna we're gonna wrap it up here. Villa View, I think, is getting cracking if they're if they're started already, so you guys can pop over there as well, over to see Dan and Omar. But thanks a million for joining us. God, we three hundred people on, on a bloody Monday night. That's fantastic. And thank you to every <laughs> single one of you for joining us. Thumbs up on this like it if you if you would not mind doing so if you're not a subscriber subscribe to the channel it costs you nothing it absolutely doesn't cost you nothing you nothing it puts smiles on paddy's face though um so uh and uh, the more people who subscribe the more they get to see our ranty behavior from time to time so uh that would be class but anyway <laughs> listen guys thanks so much for everything we will, be, we will be back with a preview show probably maybe tomorrow night most likely Wednesday night, I would say, just judging by what I've got going on. And then we will have Team Sheet Tantrum on Thursday and post-match potentially on Thursday as well. It's going to be a busy few days, but stick with us. And thank you so much for your company. Stay healthy, stay safe. And as always, up the villa. Up the villa. Podcast Network.